I know they're going to have some great Italian food back there. And um, how many like Italian food? Can I see your hand? Well, I think y'all should stay then because everybody likes Italian food. Sounds good to me. Um, we also have a display back there. Uh, just kind of gives you a glimpse of some of the things that we're um, doing over there in Italy and kind of give you a, a lay of the land. There's some, some uh, picture books back there. And um, there's a Leaning Tower of Pisa lamp. And um, we also have some, some prayer cards. These are things that you can um, affix to your refrigerator if you'd like. And uh, remember to pray for us every time you open that freezer door or every time you get out some pasta. To, no, they don't keep pasta in the freezer. But um, anyway, you, you, get the, you get the idea. Um, we actually have, um, for several years, told people to, to pray for us every time uh, they eat pasta. And there's churches that we've gone to, and they come back and say, uh, yeah, we pray for you you know, when we eat pizza or pasta. And, and then uh, there's also uh, uh, something that we uh, kind of got nicknamed when we were back in college together. We um, were nicknamed, because we're Brad and Beth, someone nicknamed us Bad Breath. So, hey, uh, you can pray for us in the morning when you think about, I got to get rid of that bad breath. Pray for Brad and Beth, right? So, and we've had people even this summer uh, from 10 years ago or 12 years ago tell us that they still remember uh, to pray for us because of Brad and Beth or bad breath. Sometimes they even confuse our names and can't get it out straight. So they just say, hey, bad breath, uh, how you guys doing? So... Um, I wanted to, to tell you a little bit more about, you know, how God called us. And Beth and I both grew up in Christian homes. We praise the Lord for that. I grew up in Illinois, and my wife is from South Jersey. And um, we were both saved at early ages, and both of us um, going to, to church uh, early on uh, both tell you that uh, uh, our parents took us to church, you know, from, from as early on as, as we could uh, go to church, uh, you know, just small little babies. And so we grew up in, in Christian homes and, and learning um, all about God's Word and His principles. And um, thank the Lord for that. There's a, a lot of things I look back on. Uh, so thankful that my parents taught me uh, growing up. And we had a lot of missionaries in our home and, and uh, pastors visiting preachers and things like that. And, um, you know, even through all that, I, I never thought, you know, about being a missionary until later on after college. And um, God got a hold of my life in that respect. So um, we did give our lives to the Lord, though, as I said, uh, around the high school years. And, and I, I told the Lord, you know, I'd be willing to do whatever he wants me to do, uh, go wherever he wants me to go. And that's such an important step if your heart is in it. Don't say it if you don't mean it. But certainly if, if you're willing to do whatever God wants you to do, even if that means leaving home, um, then he can use you and perhaps call you to a foreign land. And, and maybe he would have you just to stay right here. But it's important that we give our lives to the Lord and allow him to work in our lives and to use us um, for his glory. But after we had done that, and after actually we had been married, um, and I was working in, in um, New Jersey there for my father-in-law in, in steel erection. I was an estimator for him for a while. Um, but we, we heard about uh, a need in Italy, 
to work at a radio station and to do that for about a year. And since I had graduated in college with a radio and TV degree, we thought, hey, why not? We don't have any family yet. It was before the kids were, were born, and uh, we didn't have any other you know, commitments, and, and uh, God was kind of moving me out of, of the uh, steel erection business. And so we committed to go to Italy for a year back in 1990 uh, to 91 and uh, to work in a Christian radio station called Radio Luce in the central part of Italy. It was during that year that God started working in my heart and my wife's heart about being full-time missionaries. We saw when we were there um, the need for, for missionaries. How many have ever thought of, of Italy as a needy mission field? Can I see your hand? I don't see, oh, just a few of you, but not very many. Um, and really, I didn't have uh, any thought about that either when I was growing up. In fact, I, I'm not Italian either, by the way, and um, the, the, the closest thing that I can tell you that, you know, that I had in common with, with Italy was when I was growing up as a child, I always wanted for my birthday uh, spaghetti on my birthday. I wanted spaghetti and chocolate cake. I just loved my mom's spaghetti and her chocolate cake. And to this day, I still like chocolate cake and spaghetti in that order, too. Um, so it was, it was just a, a seed that God planted in our hearts while we were there in Italy and burdened us uh, to go back as career missionaries. And, you know, at first I thought, Beth isn't going to go for this. I mean, she's, she's fine, I'm sure, with this one-year thing that we're doing um, helping out for, for the missionaries that are away on furlough. But I don't think she would want to be a career missionary. And just a few days later, she came to me and she says, Brad, you know, I have this strange feeling that God wants us here as missionaries, and he's calling us back here as missionaries. What do you think? And I think, and I said, I can't believe you're saying that. He's been working in my life too. And I want to tell you that over the years, we've seen missionaries that have left the field Italy is, is, is called the graveyard of missionaries. And there's, there's a lot of missionaries that have left the field, and praise God, he's allowed us to stay there for 10 years, and we're planning on going back in, in less than a month there on September the 8th. But um, I want to tell you that I don't believe God calls just one spouse and not the other. Uh, because there's a lot of men who have gone to the field and have thought that they were called and they stuck it out with their wife for maybe two years or four years or six years and then uh, there's problems and they go back and we've, we've, we've heard of some, some rough situations between the husband and the wife that it, it just, it didn't, um, it didn't do their ministry any favors, you might say, to be there and uh, they had to leave the field. Well, as it turns out, you know, sometimes that wife says, I was never called, but I followed my husband. You know, I honestly, from what I see in the scriptures, I don't feel that God would call one and not the other. As husband and wife, we are one flesh. That's a principle from, from the Old Testament. And if he calls one, he's going to call the other. And that's the only way it's going to work out, too. Um... And so when we got uh, back after a year, uh, I studied some in the seminary and, and um, we took up jobs. I worked for UPS for, 
for four years, and my wife worked in life insurance until we were ready to start going back to Italy. And that's when we arrived then back in 2000, September of 2000, to begin our career ministry and work of church planning there. And so um, now we've been there and, and working with co-workers. Uh, our co-workers, uh, if you stay for the Meet the Missionary time afterwards, you'll see um, our co-workers that we have, the Spoto family, Jim and Lori Spoto, um, Melissa Baccarella and Carol McCaffrey. And um, we're just so excited that uh, we work with a team um, and, and are planning the church together. Uh, it was started 14 years ago. They had church already this morning. They have church at 10 o'clock. Well, by the time everyone drags in, it's about 10.15 before they get started. Um, and then we wrap up around 11.30, about the time it is now. Don't go away. Um, and then they talk and drink coffee and eat some things afterwards. Uh, sometimes we don't leave there until about 1 o'clock. Italians just love to, to have that fellowship together. You know what today is? He said today was August 15. It's a special day to, to pastor. Do you know what it is in Italy? Do you know what special day this is to the Italians? Anybody? The Assumption of who? Of Mary. The Assumption of Mary, yes. They believe that Mary never died, that she was assumed up into glory. Did you know that? This is their special day. It's probably the biggest holiday in Italy. Well, that was free. Um, but we, uh, we've, we've uh, been working now uh, in ten, for 10 years and, and doing the church plant. We've seen people saved, baptized, um, coming to, to know the Lord, growing in Him. We have about 70 folks in our church right now. And um, we're, we're just really praying that God would, would show us um, who might become uh, a future pastor of that church, leader in that church to, to take over that ministry. Because we're planning it, but like Paul, we want to leave and go elsewhere and plant another church if it's God's will. We don't want to stay there for an eternity. Um, but uh, praying that God would raise up a man to, to come and take that over for us. Um, so you can pray along with us. But we, um, we'll be talking more about our ministry in, in the time afterwards with the dinner. And um, we have a nine-minute video uh, we'll show you. And that will give you a, a bird's-eye view, too, of the things that we're doing over there, the, the, the different things we use to reach out to people. Um, I play a trumpet and uh, sing in a, in a uh, town band. And that's just one of the outreaches that we have to reach into people's lives with the gospel. I have a big uh, respect for these guys who can, who can play guitar and sing at the same time or do the drums or play piano. Um, that's why I think we should all at least clap while we're singing because, I mean, we should be doing something too if they're doing it. I can barely chew bubble gum and walk at the same time, but um, I can't sing and play trumpet at the same time because I have to use the same mouthpiece so um, it was it was great we enjoyed your worship this morning and um, look forward now to getting in the word of God so if you would go with me to Matthew chapter 26 
Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to read um, about 10 verses here in the middle of the, the book, uh, chapter. One thing I've come home and noticed, um, every time we come home from off the field, we notice things in the church, about the church. I mean, there were songs this morning that we sang that, you know, I didn't know, and, and we always um, have to kind of find ourselves again when we come back to churches, uh, because things, you know, we remember things how they were two years ago or four years ago, and everything, things change after that long of time being on the field. Uh, all the songs we sing, of course, are in Italian. Many of them that we sing that are translated from the English songs that you folks sing. So there's, there's songs that we sing this morning that we sing in Italian, um, and it's a little different. Because I, some songs I thought, you know, I, I didn't even know that song has existed in English because it's so well done in Italian. I thought maybe it was just an Italian song. And then I come back, oh, you guys sing it too. Yeah, well, we created it. Uh -huh. Okay, that's fair. Um, but sometimes it's a culture shock. And we uh, go in several churches. This uh, summer we're visiting 18 churches uh, on our short three-month summer furlough. And um, one of the things I've noticed is, is the lack of prayer that we find in our churches. Uh, not only corporate prayer, but also just personal prayer. And that is so vital to our very being, our spiritual being and lives as Christians. And this passage is on prayer. We're going to read here in Matthew chapter 26. Um, and you can follow along as I read in verse, from, from verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And talking with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Verse 38, Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a, a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. <clears throat> Did you ever think how strange it is that after two hours in church we become bored? But when we're seated in front of the computer or TV, two hours seems to fly by so much faster. Everything about that? Isn't it strange that we have difficulty in communicating a few sentences to God, but we have no problem in chit-chatting for hours with a friend? Isn't it strange how difficult, difficult it is to find time to put ourselves in front of God's Word and read a chapter or two 
but how easy it is to find time to read the day's paper or several chapters of a popular book or bestseller. Isn't it strange that we find it difficult to learn something about God to share with others? But how easy we find it to listen and understand and then spread gossip. You know, unfortunately, we know that each of us have used similar excuses to these that we've just heard. And each of us struggle in some way when it comes to reading God's Word or praying or sharing the gospel with others. And in our study this morning, we want to focus on prayer from the passage we read here in Matthew chapter 26, where Jesus exhorts his disciples and in essence exhorts us too on this matter of prayer. And we're going to see three principles that each of us need to follow as outlined by Christ. You know, it's been said that <clears throat> you cannot be godly if you don't pray, but you can pray and not be godly. You see, praying is going to God and talking to God, and that's what, it's me what it means to live a godly life, to, to live with the Lord and be in constant communication with Him. We need to be reminded often about this matter of prayer, and prayer is our lifeline spiritually. Prayers are access to the throne of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, I know that if I were here this morning to tell each of you how to subscribe to a free phone service where you could call and talk to anyone you want anywhere in the world for as long as you want, or a free phone service, uh, uh, internet service, where you could access the internet for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, at zero cost. Everyone in here would be ready to write that information down. Right? Some of you are shaking your heads. Yeah, yeah tell me about it, Brad. Um, but on the other hand, what I want to tell you this morning is worth far more than free internet access or phone service. And it's available to us as God's children, as believers, and that is that we have access 24-7 to communicate directly with the creator of the universe. One of the things we've done on furlough was we've gone to the Creation Museum down in Hebron, Kentucky. My, what a fantastic place to visit. Well worth the money. And you know, the one thing I came out of there realizing is, is how big God is and the universe that he has created and how small and finite we are, yet he loves us. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. I, I, coming, thinking about it even now, I just cannot comprehend God's love and, and God's power and what he did to create the universe we live in. It's just astounding. But we have a direct line to pray to God who loves us and sent us on Jesus Christ to die for us and whose grace and mercy is extended to us and he's always ready to forgive us when we fall. Yet many of us spend very little time getting to know our Heavenly Father by reading his word or by praying to him. Looking back at our passage, we've just read, we see that... Uh, that this theme is, is prayer, and, and one of the ways we know that be, is because the, the theme or the word uh, prayer is repeated several times in the passage. 
Now, look with me now at verse 40 again. Verse 40 says, He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not watch with me one hour? That's where we want to focus on today. That phrase there, watch with me one hour. And we're going to see three principles from this phrase, watch with me one hour. So, the first principle we want to study here is, is fundamental and basic to each of us as believers. And that is that we should pray. We should pray. That's a command here. Notice, again, that phrase, watch with me one hour. Although the word prayer is not used in this specific fr phrase here, um, the Lord is talking about prayer. Watching, wa watch and pray go together. In another context in the New Testament, these two words or concepts are joined or linked together in the New Testament. And so watching is praying, and praying is watching. Okay? And, and when we're watching and praying, that's an intentional activity. Um, that's something that you can do with your eyes open. Now, I know most of the time when we consider this matter of prayer, uh, perhaps we usually think about our eyes being closed, but the Lord is saying to watch and pray. Pray with your eyes open. Think about what you're doing and what you're praying for. You know, I like to pray as I take a, a walk because for me, uh, when I try and pray for a long period of time, seated in a chair, I, uh, often, my mind often wanders when I have my eyes shut. So it's easier when I concentrate with my eyes open. And you might say, but why should we pray? You know, if God is God, and you've just described him as this awesome God, and, and, and he's so powerful, and he's omniscient, and, and um, he knows what he's doing, then why should we pray? Well, let me give you a few reasons why we should pray. First, we should pray because Christ commands us to pray. And that should be reason enough for us to pray. The Apostle Paul expressed it like this in, in his first letter to the church at Thessalonians, uh, Thessalonica, rather, in, in chapter 5, verse 17. He says, To pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Folks, if you ask me, without a doubt, one of the regrets that we'll all have when we get to heaven will be that we did not spend more time in prayer. Especially when we realize the extent to which our prayers were truly answered. The Apostle Paul never tired of exhorting the people of God in their prayer life. Even while incarcerated there in Rome, he wrote... Uh, this in his book to the church at Colossae in chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And again, Paul wrote this in Ephesians 5, 20. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And not only does God command us to pray, but to pray and to thank Him for everything, whether good or bad. You see, not only are we, are we to be thankful for past answers to prayer, but in faith, we can also thank the Lord for prayers that He's not answered because we know that God knows what is best for us. He created us, so He knows, obviously, what is best for us. 
When the Holy Spirit truly reigns in our lives, there's gratitude to God. And when we're walking with the Spirit, He causes us to be joyful and even spontaneous at times in our praise and thanks to God our Heavenly Father. So also we see here in these two verses the idea that prayer is done continually and often. Beth and I both attended Christian uh, schools from the middle school years all the way up through college. And before each class, whether we studied grammar or science or uh, Bible or music or gymnastics or history, the teacher would always begin the class with prayer. To begin the hour without prayer would have seemed very strange and, and out of uh, the ordinary. And even now when we go to someone's house for a meal, when they don't offer to pray before we eat, it seems very strange and um, out of my normal habit and pattern for living. You see, even when we're in a restaurant, we pray before each meal. Each night before we send our kids off to, to bed, we pray with our children. That's a great habit to form even within your family. Over these years, Jessica, our daughter, has been in a habit of praying aloud each morning in the car on the way to school, asking God's blessing upon her day uh, her, during her classes and the various activities that she's going to be involved with. You see, God commands us to pray, and for this reason alone, we should get into a normal habit of praying, thanking God for everything, whether for a delicious meal or for a flat tire or for a loss of job. After all, God is in control of every detail of our life, and He knows what's best for us, and He's worthy of our prayer and praise. Secondly, though, we should pray because Christ gave us the example to pray. He was the perfect example of what a human being, a human being is, and that is that He was fully man, and He depended upon His Heavenly Father, praying to Him constantly. In fact, as I looked over the word prayer in the Gospels, I found over a hundred references where Christ was either praying or teaching on the subject of prayer. You see, prayer is at the heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He left us, but He didn't leave us ill-equipped, did He? He equipped us with the greatest resource, the Holy Spirit, who resides within us to comfort us, to teach us, and to guide us into all truth. And furthermore, he gave us the greatest line of communication, which is prayer. It's always available, isn't it? God neither slumbers or sleeps, and he's always ready to hear us when we cry out to him. We don't have to go to a man. We don't have to pray through, uh, through a pastor, a priest, or anyone. We can have direct access. We can come boldly unto the throne. Third, we should pray because we need to overcome temptation. This is taken from our context in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, where we read, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And in verse 40, we saw how Peter was reprimanded and he needed to be as Christ depended upon Peter to sympathize with him and to pray with him there in the garden during his hour of greatest need before the suffering 
that he would endure on the cross. Yet Christ knew the weaknesses of his disciples. Nothing takes God by surprise, does it? And they need to be exhorted and be encouraged in this matter of prayer because it's so important and Christ knew that. Christ knew what was coming. And he knew his disciples didn't totally understand what was about to take place. And so their faith in him would be challenged and put to the test. In some ways, in the same way, Christ expects us to pray because we're tested and we're challenged every day in our faith too. And when we skip our time in prayer with God, our Heavenly Father, be assured that Satan will also be on the attack. So Christ was trying to encourage his disciples regarding prayer. And in this moment, he's trying also to encourage us too. We're only going to to stay on the right road and to overcome the testing and challenges of our faith if we're praying each day to him. Then fourth, we should pray because it's a sign of faith and dependence upon our God. Did you ever think that if you wake up and go through your whole day without praying, what you're really saying to the Lord is, I don't need you. Think about that. In fact, every time we pray, even if we don't know the exact words to pray, the very act of praying says to the Lord, I need you. I need you in my life today. Even Christ prayed to God as Heavenly Father, and so should we. And so uh, doing so places us in a, in a position of humility and dependence upon our God and Creator. Praying to Him demonstrates to God our human frailty and our utter dependence and need for Him in our lives to guide us and protect us and to provide for us. Praying to God is a demonstration of our trust and confidence in Him and that by believing in Him, we know that He's going to hear our prayers and answer us. And then fifth, we should pray because it's God's way of thrusting out harvesters. Now, this text is taken from uh, Matthew's Gospel still, but chapter 9 and verse 38, where he says, Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. This was the first thing that Jesus told his disciples to pray for. Jesus recognized the need for more workers to spread the message of the kingdom and instructed his own disciples to pray about this most important matter. Isn't that amazing? So if the Lord Jesus Christ recognized the great need for workers and asked his own disciples to pray about the need, how much more should we be praying that God would raise up more pastors all over this land? We ought to be praying that God would send young men and women from this nation to become missionaries or pastors or Christian workers in God's harvest fields. But furthermore, we need to be praying for God to call young men and women from this local church, Harvest Baptist Church, to serve the Lord full time. And this was the passion of Jesus Christ, and it should become our passion as well, as, and, and it's something that we should pray for every day. So these are the five reasons we should pray. But secondly, we want to learn that we should pray with Christ. Watch with me, it says in verse 40. Watch with me. So we see here that 
It doesn't say to pray to Christ, but it says to pray with Christ. Is it, is it wrong to pray to Christ? No. Actually, according to Romans 8.34, Jesus it says he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Hmm? But if you read the scripture carefully, you'll see the basic pattern for prayer is to direct our prayers to the Father in the name of Jesus. Notice with me now in verse 36, Jesus, uh, it says, Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And then the end of verse uh, 38 says, remain here and watch with me. Remain here and watch with me. This is exactly what Jesus has said to us. Jesus is no longer here. Jesus has ascended back to the right hand of the Father. So he's there and we're here. And what is he doing there? He ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus is praying for you and for me 24 hours a day. How awesome! And he says to us, and he said to his disciples, look, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to go over there and you're going to stay here, but we're going to pray together. I want you to watch with me. I want you to pray with me. So the second principle in our study is that we should pray with Christ. What does that mean? That, that means for you and me to, to be asking God the Father for the things that Jesus is asking for. But you might say, how do I know what Jesus is asking for? We have to study John chapter 17, which we don't want to take the time to do that this morning. But when we study Jan John chapter 17, we see that that's not just a one-time prayer that happened in, in history, but that's an eternal conversation of the Godhead. That's what Jesus is always asking for. So if you want to pray with him, then study John 17. Study all the prayers of Jesus in the New Testament. Study all that the Bible has to say about prayer and pray those things back to God the Father. Pray with Christ. So as believers, we should pray, and we should pray with Christ. Now we want to see the third principle from verse 40. And again, I'll read, And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, So, could he not watch with me one hour? So the third principle here is, Could he not watch with me one hour? We should pray with Christ one hour. Hmm. What? What do you mean, preacher? Uh, what's this verse saying? Well, here's the principle. It takes time to really pray. It takes time to really pray. And so we must commit ourselves to spending quality time with the Lord on our knees. Could you not watch with me one hour? I ask you this, why don't we have difficulty spending several minutes each day reading a good book? Or how can we find so much time to spend sitting in front of the TV? Or talking with a good friend or chit-chatting on the telephone? Or in front of the computer, working in our garden? Or whatever that thing might be. But we start to moan and complain of, having time, uh, of spending time on our knees before God. You know what I'm not saying? I'm not saying that if you haven't prayed for an hour that you haven't really prayed. I'm not saying that. But here's the principle. 
it takes time to really pray. In Ecclesiastes 8, verse 3 and 4, it says this, Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, and who, must, who may say to him, What are you doing? Okay, so if we study the context, this verse is talking about literal earthly kings. It says, when we go in and have a presence with the king, don't be in a hurry to leave the king's presence unless he asks you to leave. But if it's true for earthly kings, it's even more true for the heavenly king. Don't be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. George Mueller, a great man of faith, was asked this question, how long do you pray? And here's his answer. He said, I pray until I've prayed. I pray until I've prayed. He took the necessary time to pray. Don't be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. So what, what, the, what is the Lord trying to say, tell, tell us today? Watch with me one hour. It takes time to really pray. Do you remember? Do you remember what I said early in the message? I said, without a doubt, one of the regrets that we will all have when we get to heaven will be that we did not spend more time in prayer. Folks, we live in a busy world where each member of the family is, is going here and going there, and, and we live frantic, chaotic lives, don't we? Uh, I hear of families all the time taking their kids to this activity and that, and, and uh, their child plays soccer, and they study dance, and then they go to martial arts, and, and they even... Uh, play a musical instrument. And on the weekends, they always go to the shore or go to the mountains. And then they start it all over again. We run ourselves ragged, barely taking time to breathe. But my friends, perhaps we need instead to take some precious time and spend it in the presence of the king. Maybe we're not even in the habit of praying. The days pass by. We make feeble promises to God and and we don't really have, have a habit of praying. We sincerely want to pray, but it just never happens. A day passes by, and then a week, and then a month, or even two. And still we find ourselves with zero prayer life. Today, folks, let's ask God to help us to begin praying faithfully to Him and spending more time with Him as believers we need to build time into our schedules to be with the Lord each day. We need to be reading His Word. You know, if we spend 15 minutes a day reading His Word, we can read the Bible through in one year. Recently, I was just uh, talking to someone that had been to China. And many of the pastors in China will read through their Bibles 12 times a year. Wow. Mm. Like, put the nail right in me, you know? And how many of us find it difficult to spend just 15 minutes to be able to read the Bible through in one year? That's his letter to us. That's what he's left us here for, to be able to get to know him. Do you think our Heavenly Father is very pleased with us when we spend only one month 
uh, spend only one hour a month with him in prayer or one hour a week? You know, if we were to see our spouse for just nine minutes a day to talk with them, we wouldn't have a very strong relationship as husband and wife because it takes time to build a strong and loving relationship in the home. How much more in our relationship with God? And we need to seek to reciprocate the love of God by spending more time in his presence and by taking more time to be on our knees. Perhaps we need to manage our time better. Learn to say no to certain activities or turn the TV off or take the phone off the hook. Or maybe wake up an hour earlier at the beginning of the day. You have to decide what's best for you and, and your engagements. But remember that God should have first place in our lives. Not only does he deserve first place, but he expects to have first place too. I challenge each of us to think about these three principles that we've learned today and to seek to incorporate them in our lives. We must pray. And we must pray with Christ. And we must take adequate time to pray. And as we put our faith and total dependence in the Father, may God help us to really take the time to enter into his presence and to pray until we've prayed as we've learned today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for prayer. We thank you for the access that we have to your throne, Lord. Father, we, we want to commit ourselves, Lord, this day to spending more time with you. Father, we do live in busy, chaotic, hectic uh, lives each day, Lord. Always going and never taking a chance to spend time with you. Rarely taking time to be with you. Father, I pray that you would be first place in our lives. That we would, uh, again, be struck with how awesome you are and how much you love us and care for us so much that we will want to reciprocate that love back to you by spending time in your presence and getting to know you more. Father, we love you. We thank you that you love us back. And Father, we just pray that, uh, that you would help us to be men and women of prayer. And may it empower us, Lord, to be able to tell others more about you. And uh, Lord, may may you be honored and glorified as we do. And we give these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen.